Welcome to Mind the Shift. I am Anders Bolling. It is turbulent out there. The world is not as poor and as violent as it used to be, perhaps, but as the world has shrunk and as information has exploded and as humanity has become more integrated, at least in theory, uh, things have become a bit messy. Since about a year and a half ago, as, as you all know, uh, the primary reason for this turbulence is, of course, the pandemic and the policies around it. Millions of people are protesting uh, against lockdowns and mandates, and many of the protests aren't even, re uh, even uh, reported on by the, the, the ordinary, normal, mainstream news outlets. Uh, millions of others disagree strongly with uh, those that take to the streets also. And there is also a growing division between different parts of society on other health issues, on jobs, the justice system, and the environment, just to mention a couple of examples. Welcome to the program, Brady Gunn and Sophia Rose. Thanks. Thanks for having us. You are the people behind uh, the movement called A Stand in the Park. Every Sunday you invite people to just stand in a park to, as it says on the, on the web website, celebrate freedom, diversity, and fairness for all. Now, why uh, did you start this and how did this movement start? What was it? Uh, well, it was I you, Brady, who started it. Yeah. yeah, I started in Sydney in, uh, I think it was August 2020. I was going to sort of the protests in Sydney at that time and saw a, a space for a, a stand. It was, it was not a protest, it was a stand. Um, and at that time, that a lot of us were being targeted for organising things and uh, and protests themselves were being targeted. So it was, uh, because it was consistent, it was every Sunday at 10am. Uh, there was no organisers and so we couldn't be targeted and there would be no signs as such. We'd just wear yellow in unity. Um, because it was consistent, it would be um, a good meeting point for people if, if the internet went down or if, if, if anybody needed any um any help outside of the, the, the net, then they'd know a, a space in the physical where they could meet up. And it was really important for me to be sort of connecting in the physical. I think we can spin our wheels online quite easily, um, but connecting in the physical, having that physical energy exchange was really important. Um, and so I had a whole, I had a whole idea of what this thing could be and, and, and what it might become. And um, I didn't have the luxury of getting ahead of myself. I was just sort of standing in my truth at the time. I, I didn't, you really were alone sort of, at, the, at the start, and for how long were you? Just, yeah, just you. Oh, nearly, yeah, nearly three months. I stood there every Sunday, okay. drive an hour in, and stand in Hyde Park. So, how did how did people react to that when they saw you standing there? Oh, they probably thought I was mad. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was joking the other day, though. I said, to be fair, I, I don't really have any friends anyway. I just used to go into the park every Sunday before that and just wave at people and see if they might be my <laughs> friends. <after that. laughs> There's no real difference. <laughs> No, I, I just I went in there, and I, but I was making. And you watch all of those older videos, and I said it. I was making a stand for myself. And and if any time I thought, "Am I fucking mad here?" Then the answer was very quick: "Is it, who cares? I, at least I'm moving my body. I'm standing in my truth. I'm drawing my line in the sand. I'm using my body. It, it doesn't matter. Nothing else mattered. And and I think that's probably what eventually, eventually resonated. And that's what we've always sort of talked, sort of talked about, and, and and called ourselves is that the protest about nothing, because we're just standing there for personal truth and freedom, and we've all got our different personal truths and experiences have led us to different people, 
that we're standing next to, then um, uh, we, we stand together, united in each other's personal truths. And even if someone completely disagrees with me, but who was standing in that park at any stage for my freedom, then I'm standing for theirs. We're brothers and sisters. And I think that's what, what we've, that's the big thing that we've lost here is that, um, is, is that, that connection in the physical and understanding of each other, no matter what. I mean, how did we mm. get so secularized and separated? It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, that sounds really nice. I mean, that's really something that is lacking, as you say, uh, because it's so polarized out there. Uh, but but what is the purpose then? I mean, you, Sophia, you have sp- spoken beforehand here about a multi-purpose for this. If you can say something about that, Sophia, let's introduce you, Sophia, as well, and and you can just tell briefly where how you entered this this whole adventure. Yeah, sure. Well, it's all Brady's fault as usual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Brady and I knew each other years ago. We met traveling. And had mad adventures in India and Pakistan and um, we kind of lost contact a bit in the last few years and then obviously this all kicked off and um, I saw that Brady was very out there with calling this out I was like oh thank god you know it's a, it's another one of us because at that point um, it was you didn't know who who was um, seeing through this and who wasn't. Um, it was, yeah, it was quite a scary time. So I got in contact with Brady and he just sort of mentioned it almost in passing. Oh, I've been doing this thing, a sand in the park. Um, I had no idea that it had spread all across Australia. It was into New Zealand, Canada at that point. But he suggested. Uh, so know, when was know, that? When, when at what point was this that? This was um, well, we got in contact. I think it was December. It was okay. nearly a year ago, um, and then I got things going in in the February. Um, so yes, Brady just suggested that I I get a a stand going. I was like, yeah, okay, and then it kind of evolved into well, well, kind of getting it going in the UK. And so I, I just set up a Facebook group for the UK, got the word out um, across different freedom groups and, and, you know, various outlets. And it, it just exploded in the UK. It, it just it became huge from day one. It just kept growing and growing and growing. And now we've got, I, I need to do another count um, because there are so many. It's, it's a real task, but it's, it's well over 700 parks participating in the UK. 700 um, only in the UK? Oh, that's a lot. Just in the UK, yeah. And it's still growing. We're still getting new stands um, forming every week. Um, yeah, it's, it really took off. It was just the, the right thing at the right time for people. We were very much feeling um, divided, separated, unsure of what, was going on how do we find um our tribe the people that could see what was happening here um so yeah it was just that was my um passion was to make that sound because at that point we were in lockdown and so actually going to a park and standing there was technically you know illegal yeah um even though you know it's the legislature's 
there's no, nothing legal there, but still, you know, it was a revolutionary act to actually stand in a park with other people and not be pretending to exercise and do something, just say, right, I'm here, I'm not moving, this is my human right. Like Brady says, it's all about your personal truth. So we were all coming with different um, motivators for being there, but ultimately it was that we're standing for freedom. And um, that's kind of under, underpinned the whole thing ever since. And that's what allows it to be so inclusive, so, so diverse. Mm. Um, because freedom is just, you know, it, it's, it's the ultimate um, uh, goal for, for most of us. So it's not a protest in the classical uh, sense, but it, it seems like, I mean, on a basic uh, level here, it was a protest against the lockdowns anyway, because you were, I mean physically point, violating the rules around the lockdown yeah, so that was, was a it was an act of defiance i would say so it wasn't something really out there we weren't ranting and raving and, and making a big scene it was literally you know like brady was doing for those three months just standing yeah just standing very peaceful with um our intentions set because it was quite nerve-wracking and um, people were very um nervous about the police presence that you know most of us have never had any interactions with, with yeah. the police Suddenly, so the police were there they were there watching you or... yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the police knew they they would come along and it was uh at my my own stand we never had much trouble the police would try and move us on and try and kind of uh split us up and but it never really came too much um i think also just because the stand you know the actual stand um it's just for an hour so i mean they go on much longer because it's very much like a social thing as well and there's a lot going on um but you know there's not much within an hour that the police could really do so we were just very much right we're not moving we're not moving we're not moving and then it's 11 o'clock we've made our stand okay um, so between 10 and 11 every sunday you you stand Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's and it's a very difficult thing to shut down, and that was sort of initially part of the plan. I didn't realize quite how um, into fruition it would come, but trying to for, for the police to arrest a bunch of old ladies armed with pomeranians and some toddlers <laughs> wielding fucking baby chinos with smiley face t-shirts on. I mean, you you, you cannot shut that down. And, and we've had cops really hassling people a lot here in Australia, but eventually they just a lot of them are walking around in twos and then doing tag team and walking with the other twos and. You just, you just cannot shut this thing down. It's just impossible to shut down. And a stand in the park, is, it just keeps going. No matter what the target, you, you cannot shut it down. It's, it's great to watch. <laughs> it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, it, it, sounds, it sounds really sympathetic or whatever the word is. But uh, so you said 700 parks in, in the UK alone. And I guess a lot of parks in Australia as well, because it's that's where it started. And how big is it now in total? I mean, globally, how many countries have joined this so and how many people are are, are doing this uh, i think it's about 30 countries now isn't it please yeah. 30 countries yeah i think so yeah and so how many venues how many how many parks uh i don't know i don't it's over a thousand parks and like i said we need to do a recount um which is a mammoth undertaking now um yeah. because there are so many 
but yeah it's it's over a thousand it's quite a bit over a thousand parks all yeah. around the world yeah i don't think and, and i don't think we have it here in sweden as yet no not yet you could be the first and i could i could be the first yes <laughs> sure time. yeah yeah on the other <laughs> hand sweden is a country that hasn't been very i mean we have we haven't had a complete lockdown so mm. it's a little bit different here perhaps than in many other countries i don't know maybe the need is not that uh, big here but i mean the need to stand for your freedom is 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 uh, ever present of course I'll put, so, well, I'll put $50 on it that one day there will be a stand in the park in Sweden. Yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, bet, I, I wouldn't bet against. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sure you're right. So, Look, and if, any, if anything, it's extremely fulfilling. So while it isn't a protest, it is a, a chance to connect with people in the physical and you could, have, you could have exchanges for two years with the same person online that you meet at stand in the park and have a more fulfilling energy exchange in an hour than you've had in the last two years i mean we need to connect in the physical and that's why they've introduced these moronic laws of one 1.5 meters apart and don't talk to each other when you see each other in the shops and they're trying yeah. to break these physical connections because they are the, they are the elixir of life without mm. these energy exchanges we do shrivel up and die and is really really important anyone who's ever been to a stand in the park or had similar energy exchanges any of the protests know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, you walk away an inch higher. There's something mm. in it. There's something um, real, very real. And that's why the trolls on internet don't even want to want to reveal their names and things like that because they know that if they they show that they show up. I mean, especially in in person, like I say, if you meet in the physical, you can't you can't have that kind of polarization. Yeah. It's it's yeah. almost impossible. So. Yeah, and, what, and, uh, yeah, sorry. sorry. Oh, no, I, I just. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Brady. Sorry, go ahead. See, see, in the physical, it's not quite so hard. I, um, know. No, I was going to say, and, and and it's put a it's put a big target on my back. I was arrested here in in July um, for various things that are, that have got almost one hundred percent. I was organising the protests here in Sydney, but a stand in the park is probably mobilising more bodies consistently all over the world than any many other things. It's, it's put a big target on my back and. Um, they arrested me for it. They kicked me out of Sydney. I, I'm not allowed back in Sydney, and so um, uh, they they know that they know that it's that it's a threat. They know this is exactly what they're trying to get us not to do. Understand in the park he's doing it, and they and they they targeted me for it. These cops threw me under the bus and for it, and and they were instructed from pretty high up, from what I can tell. I did nothing. So. Oh, hmm, terrible. Well, so. What do you hope to achieve? Do you have do you have a, a vision of some kind nah. about nah. this? No, nah. It's just something you you need you need to do. It's very organic. So I've seen since I started over here the evolution of the stand. So, like I said initially, we were in a lockdown situation. So it's very much um, the energy was right. You know, we've got to show that we're we're not going to go along with these insane rules. Um, and it was very much about being there and making the stand um, and just meeting kindred spirits um, to have that kind of support system because so many people were were falling out with family and friends. Um, you know, who had completely different um, perspectives on what was happening. And then a bit further down the line, 
um, people were, were saying, and it happened collectively, oh, we need to be doing more. What else can we do? And so people started really coming together to build their community because, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen if we are going to be ostracized. Um, people are growing food together. We've got food banks. Um, we've got, you know, kind of emergency contingency plans in place. Um, people have really, really bonded. Um, they're also taking action outside of the stands. So they're really kind of getting out there and, and spreading the word, doing outreach. Um, so when I said to you before about it being multifunctional, that's yeah. kind of what I mean. You can use it for, you know, for some people, it will just be more of a social, it's kind of that comfort blanket. Oh, I can come here once a week. And obviously in between, people are meeting up outside of the stands. And that's kind of as far as it will go for them. But for others, they're getting seriously organised, which um, I suspect isn't going down too well with the powers that should not be. Hence, you know, Brady having that target on his back because people are um, they're massively empowered by coming together like that. So people who yeah. were really quaking you know in the beginning like my god the police and this is you know yeah, yeah. Uh, we're so conditioned to be to be, to be frightened by these powers out there yeah, yeah. The and the fear is is diminishing every time i've seen people at, at my own stand just just blossom you know they're really yeah. flourishing they found this strength that they never realized they had people that had never been to a protest in their life and now they're with their flags and yeah. you know at, at the front of of protests um so it's yeah Beautiful. it's um, it, yeah it really is but can you tell us a little bit about the the people who have joined what what do they say about this and and who are they what kind what kind of people do you have there in the parks it's everyone isn't it <laughs> it's kind of a mix mixture of um everyone has, like brady was saying you know it, people have got all kinds of different views on things and opinions and, yeah. and they're coming from all different kinds of places. But ultimately, like you could have all those fallings out online really easily, nitpicking a, a slight difference in opinion, or but in the flesh, it just mm. melts away because ultimately people just want to have that physical connection. And like I said, it's freedom underpinning all of this and that overrides um much of of any other kind of superficial differences that that's the um the motivator for people to come together we want to be free um so it's really we've got all ages all political persuasions sexualities and you know every kind of tick box is there um mm. but people just want to come together I think it's the same mm. isn't it, Brady? Yeah, yeah. You could not throw a net over that cross section. It just, it just does not exist. Okay. That's what and, and 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 in answer to your previous question, um, I, th I don't think it's, I don't think Standard Park belongs to anyone. A lot of people have said to me, "Thank you so much for starting this," and you must be so proud and um, rah rah rah. And I don't take any credit for it. All I did was stand in my truth. Yeah. My truth stood in that park. I didn't fucking stand there. My truth did. And anybody yeah. who's ever stood in any park ever since is standing in their truth. And all of our truths look different. 
for some people, standing in a park is just as scary as another person running for president. All of our experiences have been different. They've all led us to a different experience in this moment. And so um, I, take, I take no credit for what I did other than standing in my truth, which I take full credit for. But it's not me to come up with a, a direction for standing in the park. It's not me to talk for anybody else. It's not it, it, Everybody who's standing there has their own truth. And it's up to them to do what Fifi just mentioned. They're all, they're, they'll take mega action or no action. It doesn't matter. It's, 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 it belongs to no one. And so me neither, nor Fifi, nor no one. We, we, we're, not like, we're not leading this. We're not guiding this. And I think that's the only thing that's sort of resonated. If I had have tried to lead it, if I had have tried to make it about me or Fifi had have done as well, hmm. then, then we would have lost it. This is empowering. Not, this, is, this is people stepping into their own power. When they're stepping into that part, they're stepping into their own power. We're not hmm. giving it to them. That doesn't work. And they truly are. This is like Fife said. This is light. This lights people up. This is this is the great awakening. But it, but people have to step into their own great awakening. We it's not up to all you, Anders, doing this amazing podcast, or me doing that, or Fife or anyone to give that to anyone. You can only lead someone to the edge of the moment, but they've got to jump into that moment themselves. And the more yeah. you try to guide them, the more they try to lo- the, the more the, the more you lose them. Awakening is an interesting word here. We, we we're going to get back to that those bigger issues. And uh, the bigger picture here, of course, uh, but um, uh, in a way, it sounds like uh, as if it, it it is about people realizing the power that they have all re- that, that they've had within them all along, but never realized. Uh, but would you say that the it's very beautiful all that you describe about this that it is uh, something. It's not really a protest. It's about standing for your truth. But would it be fair to say that it started as a you know, uh, something that, I mean, th- that the policies around the pandemic was the big problem uh, from, the st- from the start here. And then uh, as time has, has passed, you, you've, you've, it has grown and you've seen a bigger problem, a bigger, bigger scheme here. No, I, I saw that then. Obviously, that was the catalyst. But uh, ev- everything's a reflection. And so um, all of my problems in my life before that, that led me to, to all of those Problems were just a reflection of my internal problems, and until we go into the pain, then we we can't we can't reflect properly. And the world has been in pain for a very long time. And here's the fucking ugly reflection: it's you don't get this much of a disgusting, putrid, um, energy reflection from such high sources without losing yourself first. If all of us had have been in our bigger space before this, then this would never have happened. This is only a reflection. And so um, no, I knew that early in the piece, but certainly the catalyst. And, mm. and, and it's great. What, what you think is your nemesis is actually your superpower. And this has led a lot of people to find big parts of themselves that they never would have found themselves before. Human beings don't, don't, don't make life hard for themselves. We don't step out from our comfy lounge from in front of our flat screen and step outside and make life hard for themselves, which is where we learn about ourselves. We just don't do it. We have to find ourselves in hardship. And here's, here's the crowbar. Here's the lever that's forced us into actually taking a good, long, hard look at, its, at ourselves as people and as a society. So it's brilliant. It had to happen like this. It couldn't have happened any other way. And we're safe mm. in it. We're safe in it. But as, as long as we're in our truth. How has uh, the police reacted? Uh, I mean, how, how do they see it now? They were... Suspicious uh, at the beginning, but is it the same now, or have they gotten used to to you 
being there, all these people standing in the parks? Yeah, and, oh, it's, in the UK it's, to Australia because you, Australia is really under the, the cost at the moment in the UK. Yes, I have read about that. Being yeah. left alone because we haven't got those restrictions in place. Um, we had it very heavy before and um, now we're, we're kind of, we're in that limbo period again. We've got all the threats of what's to come and it's kind of like we're waiting for the ax to fall. Um, but I know in Australia, and obviously they they have, um, when Brady comes back, he can- Yes, we lost um, him here, but he, he's probably yes. has some technical <laughs> problems, yeah. But obviously they've got um, different uh, laws and legislation for different states. It's kind of set up differently out there whereas yeah. the UK it tends to be a kind of blanket rule for yeah. things um so we did go through a period where the police were turning up um at, they obviously had the list of the parks that were participating and they were turning up there ready um ready to kind of um accost people as they approached we're looking out for people in yellow and um but it was quite intense for, for a good few weeks. Um, there were a couple of arrests. There was, but as I said before, on the whole, there really wasn't much people could do, the police could do. And also I did sense a kind of reticence, you know, because we're such a peaceful, friendly bunch, just standing, having a cup of coffee, talking mm. um, every age. Yeah, with the grandmothers, with the little dogs. And um, I think... For some yeah. of the police, with a shred of humanity, were very relaxed. Yeah, well, they're also human beings. I mean, the policemen are also human beings. They can also yeah. feel things, of course, if they yes. dare to step out of that, that, you know, the matrix that they're in. Exactly. So um, we didn't actually have that much trouble, um, all things considered. But I do think um, that is to do with the energy as well. Yeah. Um, that, we're, that we're, we're putting out. They're picking up on that, even if they're completely unconscious of it. It will be influencing their reactions to us. Um, so we were never hostile, um, really, with, with the police. Um, we would just either kind of ignore them, or some people yeah. would engage and, yeah. and have, you know, some healthy conversation. Um, but I know it was much harder recently in yeah. Australia, and. Maybe we yeah. can hear Brady tell us about that when he comes back. He's still yeah. uh, he's still uh, away from <laughs> from the internet here. Uh, we just lost him, but I'm I'm sure he's working on getting back in again. Yeah. But in the meantime, we can we can speak a little bit about some other things. You and I, uh, Sophia, here. Uh, you mentioned that you are all dressed in yellow when you stand there in the park. Yeah. Why is that? How? Why did you choose that color? I think it was Brady yeah, who was cho Brady. chose it. For me. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think speaking for Brazy here, um, it was all about visibility. I mean, yellow is very, you know, you don't. It's not very. It's it's not a political color. Also, it's it's. I mean, no, not, no, it's it's. I mean, people, some people will, you know, any color that you pick, they'll say, "Oh, well, that represents yeah. people that you can't escape it." Um, but for me. Um, it really resonated because um, I don't know if you're aware of the chakra system and the, um, yeah, yeah it, it's so yellow is the solar plexus, which is the place of power and kind mm. of personal, personal power. 
So I thought that really, it couldn't be more perfect um, to use that color. Not everybody wear, it's certainly not a stipulation that you must wear yellow. Um, it's just something, um, it's, it's alerts people to our presence so they know where to find us. And also, yeah, you just feel like you're in unity um, wearing that, wearing that color all together. Okay. Uh, you haven't considered moving this, these stands out into the streets where people are rallying. We, uh, well, not the stands <laughs> themselves, but we are, I'm literally just launching outreach programs um, at the end of this week, um, which is about taking, um, taking it, the word to the streets um, we're, what's what we're finding is happening now is the polarization is kind of decreasing between um, the, the opposing sides. So we've had people that have gone along and gone along and gone along with the entire narrative up until now. And with the advent of, oh, here he is, he's coming back. With the advent yes. of the passport um, being rolled out, here that's been a, a big wake-up call for a lot of people so we've the, got the, the, vac the vaccine passports yeah or, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so we've got a lot of people now who have been they're double jabbed you know they've they've gone along with everything and this yeah. has made them stop and say hang on a minute producing your papers to get into somewhere whoa this, this is something um very reminiscent of, of mm -hmm. recent history. Um, and yes, and also what's happening in China. The Western leaders have, exactly. have been criticizing China for so long yeah. for controlling their people and their population. And now it's, yeah, it's exactly. it as if it's about the same thing happening here. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of alerted a lot of people to why, why this is taking a direction that, hang on a second. And mm. um, so with regards to that kind of outreach and, and taking things to the streets, it's, Mm -hmm. to start engaging in those conversations with people who are very concerned um, about what's happening. They, they are starting to ask the questions and the stands are a perfect place um, for someone to come along because it doesn't matter what level you're at. You know, you're not expected to be some full-on conspiracy theorist that went down the rabbit hole 30 years ago. You know, everyone is welcome. Um, mm. And we've had many people coming to stands who literally have had no idea whatsoever um, about any of, of the agenda that we, we've seen rolling out, many of us, yeah. um, for yeah. many years before this actually kicked off. Um, so, yeah, it's um, there are lots of people now who have kind of they've got they've got feet in both camps. But they're, they're, you know, they're starting to question. The cogs are turning. They're thinking, wow, this is speeding up very quickly. And um, they're starting to get savvy to, you know, the social credit system that is obviously, um, that's kind of what's, what this is about, really, in the yeah, end. That's what they call it in China. Yeah. Yeah. So Brady, welcome back. Uh, we were talking a little bit before here about the, how the police have acted, uh, not just from the beginning when you started this, but but I mean, more recently. And we understand that in Australia, it's been a bit harsher and tougher than maybe in the UK and other countries. So 
How has it been? Yeah, potentially. I think we seem to go through phases. So every winter it follows a cycle. So last winter we were looking at Europe and thinking, oh, poor you guys, you're really copying it. And you guys have been looking at us this winter and thinking, wow, that's really escalated there. And we're about to do the same thing back to you. And so uh, I don't know if the cock cycle follows that, but yeah, some of the treatment from the police here has been just really, really bad. And they've done irreparable I mean, I think it's irreparable damage. I mean, these are fellow Australians who've done some very, very, very bad things to very innocent people, and I don't, I don't think the Australian public is sort of going to very easily forgive them. It's, it's so sad. It's yeah. really sad. And is But, does that also go for the politicians, the leaders in general, uh, that the people oh, the, the, are lose, the, they, they're losing trust in them? Well. Yeah, it's so funny to watch these people who are now placing unconditional trust in these fucking psychopaths and placing their kids in their hands. But you could still ask them today, do you trust politicians? And they'd say no. Yeah. I mean, it's just this is mass hypnosis. This is mass psychosis. It's the it's the biggest number that's been done on anyone ever, let alone this amount of people. It's it's so crazy. And so I don't think anyone ever really trusted politicians and So for some of us, we've woken up and now sort of seen the real depth of it. But for the others, they still don't trust them, but they're still just placing absolutely blind, unconditional faith in these people mm. and their kids. It's it's very odd to watch. But um, I think these guys are panicking. And and to me, that's sort of almost the scariest thing of all because a lot there's some very big powers implementing this shit. Um, and mm. the more people wake up, the more they're going to realise that, I mean, these guys are all in on this. They are at no stage going to turn around and say, "Okay, we're sorry. Here's the world back. We didn't mean <laughs> Our it. bad. Off you yeah. go. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. I mean, that's not going to happen. No, no, but perhaps in the in the best scenario, it's just going to dissipate in a way, and and they're going to. I don't know, see that. No, leave see leave that. the stage. No, but well, the worst case scenario, I guess, is violence. Uh, it doesn't have to go that down that path. I think. Oh, the worst the worst case scenario is us watching billions of people die. And my money, uh, I hope that doesn't happen, but my money, the, the smart money would be putting your money on that. We're, what it's, it's way worse than anybody thinks. Way, mm. way, way worse, according to my humble calculations, and I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's, it can be a bit of a trap for people to fall into this um, positive thinking side of this because it's, it's even worse than their worst nightmare. Well, but I hope I'm, I'm wrong. Bit in, yeah, I hope you're wrong too. And I also think that you can, it's a little bit like the placebo effect. If you think something's going to go down the drain, it, it certainly will. Uh, so I don't think it's to, that simple, Anders. I don't think it's that simple. It's, it's not exactly that simple, but it's it's part of the thing, part of the what's happening, what's going on. I mean, if everybody, if 8 billion people thinks that things are going to go down the drain, this is going to happen. But just, because, you, happen. But just because you're but thinking... I mean, Just because you're thinking Big, really doesn't mean you're because thinking Because what's, I mean, yeah, but reality is, is created and shaped by human beings all the time, yeah, continuously. But that doesn't mean you can't be a realist at the same time. So just sticking your fingers in your ears and thinking positively doesn't cut it. I mean, it's, no, it's well, you have to act, of course, <laughs> but you can act in a positive it's not, way. It's not anyway. that simple, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'm, yeah. I'm a positive, well, I live in a spiritual space, I, I, li I live there, but yeah. that doesn't mean that you can't um, factor in all possibilities mathematically and that factors into that spiritual space in the optimism as well. And just because we watch 2 billion people buy, die doesn't mean that, 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 that's, that that's a bad thing. Mm. <laughs> it just is what it is. And so uh, I think it's a trap for people to fall into hope 
when we actually probably need to spend just as much time on hope as actual mathematically what's about to happen. I mean, there's a lot of people jacked up on this fucking shit. They've already yeah. done it. it. And so I would, I would urge people to think positively, but don't stick fingers in ears and heads in sand because you're going to get hit harder by the Mack truck when it comes. Mm-hmm. But you can still Follow be in a spiritual f- place yeah. to do that. You can still, yeah, you can you, do that. that doesn't mean you're selling yourself out or you're selling your spiritual Follow your inner wisdom, so to speak. And don't follow the, go. Go. The, the leaders. Now. I think people who are sticking their fingers in their ears, that's coming from a place of fear. Yeah. And so... I don't agree. You don't agree? No, not really. I mean, ultimately, like, yes. But, but a lot of people who got, say that they're not living in fear. I don't want to Yeah, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people who would say they're not living in fear who are doing that. Yeah, but I think they, they are. If you can't look at something... Um, and go through that, I mean, it's awful, isn't it, to go through that whole process of absolute terror, face it, and come out the other side. I think the people that are kind of, oh, positive thinking, positive thinking, and they don't want to go there, it's not really authentic. Whereas if you face it, like the reality you're saying, we could well be looking at, I mean, come on, let. I do agree, you've got to be realistic. But if you can look at that and face everything that comes up and get through the other side, then you're able to be like optimistic in a genuine way because you've accepted, okay, that might happen. It could well happen, but I'm okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I I myself, I I, I can say that I can, I feel almost a little bit livened up when I see that there is turbulence and, Chaos in the within the political system, for instance. I, I think it's kind of yeah, interesting, and I'm not scared about. about it. I'm not scared of that. I, I think okay, well, things need to happen. So, well, it's going to be it's going to be messy of, for a while. I'm not I'm not scared of two billion people dying, even if I'm one of them. The only way to depower something is well, to let it be there. Why would two billion people die? That, I can't see that really. Uh, well, uh, let's not go through that now, but we'll see. We'll meet back <laughs> here in two years because they've injected yeah, the yeah, yeah. this shit. Yeah, that's well, the answer. I think it's uh, well. Anyway, let's not go there. So I'll meet I, you back here. What's the date? Yeah, Two okay. years, <laughs> Two years from here. now. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm not going to say I told you so. I'm going to cry. <laughs> or we can have this podcast into uh, the next one in in another realm when we've both died, perhaps, and and live in a different. <laughs> no, just joking. We're already there. We're already there, I know. So uh, before we go spiritual here, uh, I, I read this article on the Brownstone Institute website the other day, and uh, it had compiled dozens of video clips uh, from rallies and demonstrations around the world. Not these stands, of course, these peaceful stands, uh, beautiful things that you are uh, representing here, but uh, uh, all kinds of demonstrations around the world against lockdowns, against mandates. And it was I, I, 20, 25 countries, and there were hundreds of thousands of people you could see that on the, in, in the pictures there were so many people and uh, the brownstone institute um, concluded that this is the largest global protest movement in decades i i couldn't uh, assess if that's true but could be perhaps so how do you assess how do you think this, the mainstream media is covering this well they're not really are they i mean this this the latest um worldwide rallies have had the most by far coverage which is minuscule considering it's such a huge thing which um, one then, sorry uh 
uh, the recent, so on the, the 20th, the worldwide oh. rallies okay. which took place in, um, I think it was 150 countries altogether or even mm. more. Um, so there's been a little bit of coverage. I think there's had to be because it's just too huge to completely ignore. But on the whole, the mainstream media, they're on their track. They won't deviate. And honestly, I think they would still be spouting the same rhetoric, the same rubbish as parliaments were being stormed and, and politicians dragged out by their hair. They would still be trumpeting the same propaganda. They're never going to, that's what they're there for. So they're not going to suddenly be reporting. I mean, this would be over really very, very quickly if the mainstream media actually reported the level of resistance um, mm. So many people who are kind of wobbling on the fence or they just haven't kind of had the backbone to really um, get out there. They would be so empowered, obviously. Um, so when, I've got no hope, really, that, that we're going to see a big shift in, in the mainstream media reporting mm -hmm. because they're owned. They're outright owned. They're completely controlled. It's what they were mm. set up for. I've been there. I've been one of those journalists. I worked for the, for, for the biggest mainstream media newspaper in Sweden for over 20 years. Yeah. So uh, uh, I know that it's not like, you know, they're telling us in the morning what to, to write and not to write. It's not like that. But I, I understand what you're saying. I, th I think there is a point to what you're saying. There is, there is a structure. There is a matrix. There, is a, there are things, un, un, unwritten rules, so to speak, that you kind yeah. of sense that maybe we shouldn't go there and there. I haven't uh, had problems with that concerning this particular issue, but other issues I've been writing about the clim climate change, for instance, and I, I know a lot about it. And I mean, there are certain things that, ah, maybe we shouldn't write that, you know. So th there is a kind of, but I mean, that's that's also human. And it's, but one thing is is very true about what you're saying. It's the, I think it's a dance between the leaders and, and the media all the time. It's a, it's a, uh, what's the word? <clears throat> Symbiosis, you know, and they don't even see it themselves. I think, uh, but so any, anyhow. And, and also, I want to ask. I, I see them as one and the same. I, I beg your pardon. Oh, I see them as one and the same. Or this 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 conglomeration is is the governments and the media and all of the big tech and pharma. They're all in this. They're all coming from the same place. So. I don't. I don't even know if it's symbiosis as much as it's actually them. This is an mm -hmm. all-out sellout. Mm. But the but the beauty of but the beauty of it today is that the beauty of it today is that we're all media. Yeah. This is media. Yeah. Everybody has exactly. media in the palm of their hand. We have access to all of the information that we could have ever dreamed of from the palm of our hand, and we have the opportunity to broadcast our media at I'm, any I'm, moment to the world instantly. And and that and that if this is an information war, then we're all soldiers. Information-wise, through our media, and some of the most powerful journalists of our time have simply held up their phone and 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 reflected what's going on in their in their world. Yeah, it's extremely important that we continue, and not not so much just posting on Facebook memes and 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 facts and all of this shit that we just sort of churn out. It's actually real-time um, um, reflections of reality of, of what's happening that that's the most important stuff exactly We've all got the opportunity i agree totally
And I think that's why our, this time is, is so crucial and so important. And so, and, and it's in, in many respects, it's, it's the best time to live ever for humans. And it's also maybe the messiest time in a long time because we're integrating. But um, okay, so let's, let's go into those big questions a little bit here towards the end here, because you have said, Sophia, at least, maybe you also, Brady, that, that uh, there is a spiritual battle going on. So what do you mean by, by that, a spiritual battle? Well, I think ultimately this is, it's a, it's a battle for our souls, really. They want us, you know, lock, stock and barrel. They, they want, this is why they try to stop us um, coming together. They don't want um, people understanding who they really are. Um, the power, innate power that we have, um, it, it's all out for them to be, you know, it's 24 seven barrage, barrage, they can't rest. Um, and it's all about that control. And it's, you know, we just look at the, the programming, the, the degradation really of, of society we've all been conditioned to to not trust each other you know ever more division that's we've seen that more than anything in in the last um few decades is is this constant breaking down of you know groups and and um the divisions and, and segregations between people so, and, and encouraging people to just be clashing the whole time because they're not, um, they're, they're one of these people and that's one of those when it's ever, ever smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, and in the end, it's, yeah, it's just this reduction of our, our humanity it's just fear. This is what this society is kind of founded on now, is fear. Fear of everything, fear of, of your neighbor even, fear of what could happen, fear. It's, it's just relentless. And I think mm. when you kind of boil it down, um, it is essentially good and evil in the end. And this has been, you know, in every sacred text, um, through the ages it, it's all very consistent that there's a kind of them and us and this battle um yeah. you know whether you're religious or not and you don't need to be it's it's kind of all there so so is it yeah. about shedding fear and realizing that you have you have you have your own all power you're, you're just as yeah. powerful as any any other human being to realize that and that will that will liberate people or fear is it? not there mm. it's over and we live in a completely different space you know ultimately what's driving this is fear of death which yeah. is absolutely ludicrous so, when too. you think it's the only thing we can count on you're born you're gonna die and this yeah. is absolutely crazy um avoidance of the yeah, I mean, it's just a given, it's going to happen. And that's what this is all founded on. I mean, the irony of people being injected with something that is quite possibly going to take them out of here way, way quicker um, to avoid <laughs> yes. dying. I mean, it's, it's just, you couldn't make it up really, but that's what it is. I think if 
if people did not have this fear of death instilled into them, mm. then what? You can just imagine, can't you? Life would be... Yeah, and it's ironic how they focus on people dying from COVID-19 when, I mean, most of them are, are elderly people. They are like 80 plus years. Uh, and we have been, I mean, Sweden has been fairly, the, the authorities in Sweden have been fairly reasonable. I mean, they have uh, they have talked about it in a, in a way that is not that very conspiratorial or whatever the word is. But, uh, uh, but, but still people are very, I mean, concerned that people are dying. I mean, Oh, you shouldn't. I mean, just because somebody's eighty years old, you shouldn't be. I mean, it's just as terrible when somebody's who's eighty dies as if somebody who's younger dies. But but that's. I mean, it doesn't make sense really. I mean, Not is it a bigger problem if eighty-five-year-old people die than if twenty-year-old people die? Of course it is. Uh, I mean, a, lar- a smaller problem if eighty-five-year-old people die than if twenty-year-old people die. Uh, because uh, I mean it's obvious, and uh, and those who uh, those who didn't die in Norway, for example, they have they have compared Sweden with Norway, where almost nobody has died from COVID nineteen because they had this lockdown lockdown very early on, and the virus almost didn't even enter the country. And I'm I think to myself, and I've said to some friends, it's difficult to say this uh, in public, but I will do now. Uh, I mean these elderly people in Norway that didn't die in 2020, in 2021, they're going to die in 2022 or 2023. Surprise. Oh, no. I mean, we're all going to die. And it's it's just a delay of a couple of years. Every In every country, this is... So it's the whole thing is a little bit ridiculous, just as you it's say, because obsession. of fear of death. It's an obsession with death. Mm. It's an absolute... It's a sickness, really. Death has been kind of demonized as the worst thing that could ever yeah. happen. It's horrifying. It's probably actually the best thing, to be honest. <laughs> you know, who'd want to be here forever? I mean, come on. You want a break, don't you? At some point, I do. And um, yeah. I, that's what this is founded on. I really do believe that. And I think just the whole way that we live, the way the world is set up, and that's where the control comes in. Because ultimately, when you kind of break down every fear, always at the root of it is this fear of annihilation um this this fear of of not being here anymore and you know things have gone really crazy when you've got people like you say going up in arms about somebody who's had a full life and they lived way longer than than somebody would have done, you know, a hundred years ago or even less. They've mm. like, wow, ninety years old, mm. but this huge outcry, and we must mm. protect at the expense of all else. But there is no logic. It's this primal kind of fear mm. that's been instilled. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot easier to to control the people that is scared than than absolutely this people whole that is liberated and. So this, what about this time in history now then? I, I mean, this one of the tenets of this uh, podcast, I always say, is that we are integrating for the first time in, in human history. As far as we know, there might have been civilizations before that have uh, uh, that we don't know about but, but, or that we have for, forgotten about. But as far as we know, this is the first time in, in recorded history that, that the whole globe is integrating. So we know, you know in real time what is happening on the other side of the planet and all that and that does things to us this this is one of the tenets of this podcast so do you do you also think that this is a crucial time in history this is a pivotal point in history for us 
you take this one? Uh, yeah, uh, of course. But, and going back to your previous question, which feeds into this question, is that we've only got ourselves to blame for this. If this is a spiritual war, which it is, then if we are whole, full spiritual beings who are in our power, then this wouldn't be happening. It's only because we've had the spirituality and nature and um, con connection and community beaten out of us that can make this possible. And so, yeah, this is a massive spiritual war. And if we think that fucking competing with each other about who's got the bigger flat screen or selling ourselves out for a very cheap partner or cheap um, interaction or, or taking the easy identity rather than doing the hard yards is going to buy us a full life, then we're kidding ourselves. We've been told that we can just buy this off the shelf, but we can't. We have to go through a hell of a lot of pain. We have to go through a hell of a lot of spiritual and emotional discovery and a hell of a lot of responsibility taking for ourselves and each other to get to a full whole spiritual being. And because we're not, this has happened. And fair enough, we've had a number done on us, but but it's but it's true. And and that's why unless we and so this is only a reflection. And so unless we step into our personal power and take responsibility for ourselves and our pain and each other and step into the bigger space where we're not pinging around in this petty bullshit and we can see the world and each other and ourselves for what they are, we are, then we are not in our power people power is nothing these these motherfuckers don't give a shit about us walking around in circles waving a flag they don't mm. care if anything they're surprised that there's not more of us and we didn't do it sooner mm -hmm. they don't care mm. but people who are in their power people power is nothing without people who are in their power and so when there's intention of these people standing at standing in, in parks and walking around with signs and flags and, and they've drawn their line in their sand energetically and spiritually and they've found their true self with each other, then there's people power. You're better off six people standing there who are fucking staunch in their shit rather than six million people who are going to get blown over at the first Zephyr because that, that means nothing. And so we need to step in. The, the, the Great Awakening is us. This is only a reflection. So the Great Awakening comes down to us standing in our emotional responsibility our spiritual growth, each other's understanding, stepping into our power together and letting go into the great awakening, or it's nothing. The, the, everything, the, the world is only a reflection. So if we take 100% per, personal responsibility, we don't have to worry about anything else. The action takes itself. But that's a very, 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 very big trust fall for people to take because you're letting go of almost everything that we've known and everything that we've built our identity off and all of our pain, and we hold our pain so dearly. That's why people are so scared of death, because that nullifies and voids what they are, what they think their pain is. Yeah. And we hold it, we, we form our identity out of our pain. I mean, not taking away from sort of some, some people who've had some really bad things happen to them, but you could mention to someone that, um, it, that something really bad has happened to you, like, well, you're just going to have to get over yourself. And you watch their reaction. How fucking dare you? I was raped or, or whatever, like big shit. I'm not taking away from it, but we hold our pain so dearly. And I did it for 40 years, but it was only when I found my spiritual and emotional responsibility and stepped into that and, depro and deprogrammed my shit by letting it be there that I found the space to do anything. And if everybody did that, then none of this would be happening. It would dissolve itself. It's only because we've lost that, that we've lost it. It's up to us. There's no, there's yeah. no, the cops aren't coming along to save us. Waving a flag, walking around in the circle is not going to save us. This politician that we've banked on is not going to fucking save us. Mm. None, nothing's going to save us. Only our bigger space where we know we're safe because we're much more than this. We're mm. much more than this.
much more than this. So can you, can you sense that spiritual awakening in, in, within these groups of people that are standing in the parks now today? Or are, that's not yeah. something that you're talking about? Or oh, are, are you? Yeah. yeah, it's happening. It's happening. It's, um, yeah, it's that empowerment. You can see it in the people that are really embodying it. It's yeah. a massive change. It's a real shift. And it's something you can't, it's not easy to define. Um, that kind of just knowing that you are, um, yeah, that there's no authority over you mm. from, from another human being, that there, there are much, much higher powers, you know, however it is you see it. When you're really connected to that and you, it's a knowing and it's something that you just, mm. you just embody. And I'm not saying that you will never experience fear again. It is a kind of process, but you will always come back to that. And it's, it's so much easier to like, you feel the fear. Oh, okay. It's here. And it, you can let it go. Yeah. 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 You're not getting stuck in it. And, um, people pick up on it. They, you know, it's very, very powerful. And it does, um, it, it's people catch it. That's like a virus actually. This is what they do not want, you know, absolutely. And the way to, to make sure people don't um, step into that space, even though I think it's inevitable, there is this great awakening happening, however you want to call it. Um, it keep people in fear, keep people in fear. And they're ramping it up and ramping it up because that's really the only thing that keeps people enclosed and it stops them being open to, um, yeah, kind of experiencing their their true true self. Mm. Yeah, and, and, and it can only happen in the physical. We, we do need to walk around in circles waving flags. We do need to be yeah. in, the, in, in the park. But, but then what? You know, like then, but then what? Mm. And, and it can only happen in the physical. We could we could spin our wheels online forever, and you just do not get the energy exchange. It just doesn't even exist. Whereas in the physical, it's 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 life itself. Yeah, it's more intimate, and you can feel that it's there. Yeah, it's real. We yeah, we need really, it. I mean, you look at, I yeah. think it was Hitler did that um, experiment. They had sort of forty babies or whatever in one room that were born on one day, and forty babies that in another room that were born on the same day, and, and they fed them both the same things. But that, that room of babies was was held. Yeah. But that room of babies wasn't even touched, and I think most of those babies that just weren't touched from birth die because we just need energy exchange. We need yeah. Yeah. physical energy exchanges, and that's and, and that's what's kind of broken us. Is we've broken community, we've broken true energy exchange. Um, and so that's what will fix us. And, that, and that's where in, in, spiritual empowerment has to come from, is, is each other. We're, we're, all, we're all one. We're not, we're not connected. We're one. We're all drops of the same ocean. Mm. And so we need to um, uh, uh, you, you, unite and reform to be, to be powerful as one. But we've been, we've been dissected, disconnected on purpose, from what I can tell. But it's worked. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So I sense that you have slightly different views on how whether to be optimistic or pessimistic about what's what's going on and what's going to happen here so do you think that this spiritual awakening is happening is it is it going in a good direction or or, or not and if it is going in a good direction how is it going to come about i don't know who who wants to 
begin answering this. Well, well there's no such thing as good and bad for a start. And so, uh, it, it, of course, it's the it's, it's the great awakening. This is how it had to happen. And even if old pessimistic braids over here, the sad sack is right, and a lot of people die, um, that's not necessarily a, a, a bad thing. I mean, everything's neutral. Well, it has to be, but that doesn't mean that you're not in the. That doesn't mean that you're not invested. That doesn't mean that you're not having the most potent experience possible. It just means that you're choosing what you're investing in, and you're non-judgmental. And so you could be a more. For most people, we could be a, a far more powerful person by staying out of right and wrong and yes and no and judgment and who's who and what's what by just staying in our truth where our intuition is running the show, and have a much more potent experience with ourselves, with each other. And with the world, by doing that, rather than trying to invest in every single little thing and getting caught up in our head blows off our own shoulders because of how wrong it is and how right it should be and what we could do and what we should have done. And if only that hadn't have happened, it wouldn't. This whole hamster wheel just spins around till smoke comes off it. If you can step out of that perpetual hamster wheel and stop trading in the currency of thoughts and words and stop labeling everything and giving everything meaning and footholds and and just churning around in, 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 in what I just said and just be in your power, just start trading in the currency of energy. It's a, it's a big trust fall to take, but and it's a totally different energy to live in, but that's where the answers are and that's what the Great Awakening is. So, yeah, this, this, is, a, this is a mega spiritual awakening, but a lot of people aren't going to find it. It's just too much responsibility to take. But the other the people coming out the other side um, the, the, is peace and freedom, but they're the ones that would have found peace and freedom already. Peace and freedom that we're looking for in the physical lives in in our in ourselves. If we find peace and freedom for ourselves, then the world reflects that. Mm. What do you say about this, Sophia? Fifi? I think we are actually ultimately in agreement. Obviously, we'll have like different sort of personal approaches to things, but yeah, I mean, it's it's the middle path, isn't it? There's good and bad, or only definitions that human beings have come up with um, in this sort of local physical reality um, ultimately everything is just unfolding the way it's unfolding there's nothing actually right or wrong um, it, when you're taking that much broader perspective it's it you know f for me it's it's like a it's like being in a movie it's like a big cosmic game we're here for mm. a limited amount of time and we have to be fully invested in it in order for it to be um, worth playing. Like we mm. go through, you know, it's a real roller coaster. Who wants to go and watch a film where it's just a beige screen? Yeah. But, you know, so I think that's kind of what this is. Um, it's a stage play, but it's a very interesting stage play. <laughs> it really is. Like when you can kind of step back and, okay, this comes mm. from having gone through the fear. I mean, that's intensely... Um, destabilizing most people don't want to go there because it's just it's huge um but when you can you know that whatever happens you and not just this this body this identity but that the absolute essence that's always been always will be is fine there's nothing nothing to fear um you can watch things unfold. It doesn't mean that you won't be involved. We still have our role to play. So for, for me and Brady, it's a stand in the part and everything that that encompasses, that's kind of what we're 
here for. Um, it doesn't mean everything stops, but you've got that much broader perspective where you can just stop and go, okay, I'm not going to take things quite so seriously because that's always founded in this belief that we're this body, we're this personality. That's where the fear of death comes from. Um, yeah. This annihilation, this loss of, of what we believe we are. We are way, 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 way more um, than that. Um, so I think we do, we are creating our own reality. It is like a kind of virtual reality game sort of thing. And, and we, we definitely create. So you can choose um, what your focus will go on. So it is very powerful to see things as being um, all okay in the end. Um, yeah. You don't have total control over it, though. So you will always have to move through that fear and get to that state of acceptance. Like Brady says, you know, 2 billion, 5 billion, 10 billion people um, dead. It's okay, which sounds really, you know, it's a bit of a weird stance to take. But ultimately, we're safe. Yeah. Some people, some people say that we're we're taking different time we're jumping onto different timelines according to what kind of realities we are creating within ourselves which is, makes sense to me in some in some ways but it's pretty difficult to wrap your head around it to understand the whole concept but in that case and, and many other spiritual people also say that uh well if this planet is going to raise its vibration which is probably happening right now or in this period uh, it's going to be like some are going to join that that uh, to accompany that that uh, raised vibration and others are not and and for the others there's going to be a, a different world or a different earth or a different planet or whatever and and we're not really going to interact with those people so i mean it's this is really far out but i think you've heard these kinds of reasonings before do you, do you see it that way uh, that's going. It's that's how it's going to happen. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ultimately, I think the the only control that we sort of ultimately have is to release control to our intuition or to our God or to our bigger self or to our higher space or whatever, whatever's our flavor, whatever's your whatever your beliefs. All we can do is hand over control to something that's bigger than us, which mm -hmm. for me is my intuition, which is where my spirituality lives. And so, if that's higher timelines or multiple universes or whatever you want to call it, but I don't think we can bank on this and we can bank on that and that um, any power is outside of us, our horoscope or whatever. It doesn't live there. Even if it does, it has to live inside of us and we are the horoscope. So we, that, that is simply a reflection for us. It's not, it's, it doesn't hold power for us. Nothing holds power for us other than us in our own power. And to do that, you have to take the trust fall into releasing control. You have to surrender and then the intuition takes over, but that's a, that, but that's a big, trustful to take and all of our beliefs can live there but there's a very different um energy there's a very different foundation between banking on god taking care of me or horoscopes telling me what to do or other timelines being an answer which which i'm not you didn't say that was but for some people it sort of is and giving your power to that whereas all of that whereas the power of all of that being inside of me and the suggestion of that being in my trustful it's a very different energy so um, no one's coming to save us. Nothing's coming to save us. No beliefs are coming to save us, but all of them are. <laughs> yes, and it's all inside us. Yeah. 
And as you said that, I was I was just checking the clock here, and it was eleven eleven, and that that means something to some people. Those those who know, they know. <laughs> so, a stand in the park, wonderful, beautiful project. How can people find your movement now, and if they want to join? Uh, legally, I'm not allowed to talk about stand in the park. I'm not allowed to access stand in the park. I'm not allowed to stand in the park. I'm not allowed to post in stand in the park. I cannot comment on stand in the park due to the New South Wales Police Force bail conditions. Over to you, Fifi. <laughs> is that true? Is that is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, they can find. So we have a website, astandinthepark.org. So. You can go there to find all of the stands listed by country and region. Um, we are on social media, so we have a Facebook page. That's just a stand in the park, you'll find. Um, we have various Facebook groups um, while we can keep going because obviously the censorship has entered like a whole new realm. Um, but we do have uh, Facebook groups for... All, all countries participating really um we're on instagram um we're on telegram um i i can send you the link tree actually anders which is everything is listed there the yes, yes and i will i will put the relevant links in the in the description yeah people course. can find everything um yeah. under the link tree and um, there's also yeah. interviews that brady and i have done um mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Sophia, Fifi, and Brady, thank you so much for joining the show and, and good luck with your this endeavor of yours now. Thanks. Thanks, brother. Much.